This is your home for St. Cloud State Hockey, keeping you up to date on the NCHC. Women's WCHA. Dana Rasmussen fires and she scores! Dana Rasmussen for the Huskies. The National Hockey League. Kaprizov in for a chance to win it. He scores! Thrill the thrill is for real! Welcome to the NHL, a game winner. And everything from the state of hockey. Cloud Cathedral is now 42.6 seconds away from wrapping up the school's first ever title. Welcome to the Huskies Warming House Podcast Den. Welcome in, folks. Episode number 89 here on the Huskies Warming House podcast. Can't believe we're already pushing 90 episodes. Uh, happy to have a pair of co-hosts that I'm joined with on the show. We'll get their inputs in just a few moments. Caleb Peabody uh, joins us for what I would believe uh, is the third time on the show. And then it's uh, going to be Alex Micheletti. Uh, speaking of threes, it's the third week in a row he's been with me. Uh, and the last week that he's going to be co-hosting the show, unless Nick Maxson decides to fly off to Europe, which, you know what? It could happen. It really could. Uh, <laughs> But nonetheless, boys, I'm happy to have you guys here. Happy to talk some hockey. We've got a quick Huskies Illustrated Weekly Roundup, just only two topics really to kind of get through. So that should be nice and quick. Talking a little bit about women's hockey, their success out in Troy, New York. Uh, a little bit about, uh, of course, men's hockey is off this week. A little bit uh, more about the college hockey world in general. Kind of what has that been looking like? The NCHC has been a dogfight. The Big Ten is starting to become a two-horse race, plus a couple of other players. Uh, and then the Minnesota Wild, uh, they've had some ups and downs this past couple of weeks, a couple of trade rumors that we're going to discuss and then the exercise session uh happy thanksgiving guys i uh, hope you guys had a great thanksgiving we're going to talk a little bit about some thanksgiving tradition as well so we're going to get started with center ice view news and notes center ice view news and notes center ice view provides you with the best coverage of st cloud state huskies hockey from game notes recaps photos and more go to centericeview.com Folks, the Huskies Illustrated Weekly Roundup. Like we mentioned, two topics to get to. Starting off, St. Cloud Hockey. The men's team is off their 9-5 nine, nine and five on the season. They're back in action against North Dakota this upcoming weekend. It's actually a doubleheader for the men's and women's hockey teams. Uh, but it was women's hockey that was the only team on the road this weekend uh, in New York over Thanksgiving. Uh, team facing RPI coming away two wins sweeter uh, in Friday's 4-1 to one win and Saturday's 4-2 to two victory. Uh, sophomore Emma Gentry scored twice with eight shots on goal on Friday, while the team 6-6 six for six on the penalty kill. Taylor Lynn, Janina Newland, scoring on Friday and seven different Huskies uh, earning assists on that Friday night. Uh, Emma Pelusny stopping 33 or 34 shots, pretty accustomed to what we've seen uh, from her and her Huskies career. On Saturday, much of the same. It was sophomore netminder uh, Sonia Hola that got the call that night, uh, stopping 26 of 28 in a 4-2 win. Uh, the Huskies open with Addie Scribner's tally from Ali Cornelius and Husky started rolling, but then it was the Yanina Newland show, uh, a hat trick for her to finish that hockey game, her first collegiate hat trick of her career. Uh, Emma Gentry finishing the weekend plus six. Taylor Lynn joining her in that category as well. And the team killing all three penalties on Saturday. 
Uh, the team improving to six, seven, and one overall. They're going to host Bemidji State this Friday, 3 p.m. Central Time at the Herbrooks National Hockey Center, and Saturday at 2 p.m. Central Time in a doubleheader with the men's team, as we have mentioned. The two clubs, Bemidji and St. Cloud, uh, played to a two to one overtime exhibition win for St. Cloud to start the season in late September at the Herbrooks National Hockey Center. Guys, uh, I, I got a couple of questions for you here as we go to our last topic here on the Huskies Illustrated Weekly Roundup. Uh, first, uh, let's kind of talk some waiver wire stuff. Uh, the Ottawa Senators play struggling netminder Matt Murray, $6 million cap hit. Uh, he's on waivers. Uh, you know, uh, kind of an interesting story, a guy that won a Stanley Cup, but what is it, a mere five seasons, six seasons ago now? Uh, you know, Alex, I kind of want to start with you. Uh, what is going on with Matt Murray? Yeah, there was, uh, um, I saw a tweet yesterday, Darren Dreger was saying that, uh, you know, he had talked to people around the league and, uh, you know, a lot of these guys that have gotten COVID, um, you know, are really struggling, you know, coming back and, and being full strength. And, uh, he said that, uh, you know, Murray actually had symptoms. A lot of the guys are asymptomatic, but he actually had symptoms. And so, yeah, it's tough, you know, um, you know, you know, trying to get, get back from, from that and, you know, I'm sure lingering effects. And then, uh, it doesn't help that he's on a team that struggles defensively and gives up a ton of, uh, you know, offensive opportunities for the other team to score. And so um, they just play uh, a helter-skelter kind of uh, um, you know, type of game where they, they, they score a lot, but they give up a lot of goals. And so, uh, you know, just a, just a bad case all around uh, for Matt Murray. Um, you know, he's been a good goaltender in the past. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, it's really tough to yeah. see him struggle, but, um, you know, hopefully he can turn around, you know, around. I don't, I don't think any team's going to want to pick up his contract. Yeah. So I'm sure he'll just go right, right to their AHL team. Um, and yeah, we'll see. Yeah, kind of. It's kind of weird ever since even kind of the tail end with uh, you know uh, Jeff Zadkoff and Tristan Jari and that tail end of his time in Pittsburgh. It's been kind of a struggle for him uh, a little bit. Um, you know, hopefully we wish him the best. Caleb, I want your opinion on the Matt Murray stuff, but I also want to throw another one at you here. A couple more stories here. Mm -hmm. uh, the National Hockey League, kind of around the league a little bit. Connor McDavid, seventeen game point streak. Uh, he was finally snapped of that in a loss against the Dallas Stars. And Andre Vasilevsky, his two hundredth win in his three hundred eighteenth appearance, twenty eight career shutouts for him uh he was only shy of ken dryden who was faster to 200 wins in just nine fewer games pretty insane to think about that uh, the lightning they're gonna be without uh braden for or braden point i should say for the next four to six weeks and then uh, new york islanders they're missing brock nelson for at least three weeks and uh in management news san jose general manager doug wilson is on temporary medical leave but let's uh let's throw it back quick caleb i want to get your quick thoughts uh on the matt murray situation for sure but uh how good is Connor mcdavid and how good is andre vasileski <clears throat> Both those guys are absolute studs. Uh, Matt Murray, uh, just to echo off Alex's point, it's, it's a little bit sad, too. I remember him being a stud in Pittsburgh for a while, winning the cup, and yeah. uh, kind of bounced around a little bit now, and, and obviously has struggled a bit. So hopefully he can find a home somewhere, whether it's back with the Senators or wherever that may be. Um, as far as Connor McDavid, that dude, there's no one I'd rather watch more in, in, in the NHL, to be honest with you. Uh, when I see him you know, scoring the puck with the whole team surrounding him. <laughs> it's like, damn, I wish I was that skilled. Uh, yeah. But, um, you know, he's just fun to watch. And and I know I saw some things on Twitter. People are like, wow, this point streak is finally broken. I'm like, I think the guy can have a night where he doesn't put up any <laughs> yeah. points. I think we can be okay. Because uh, knowing him, he'll bounce back quick. And as far as Vasilevsky goes, what a stud in that, right? Yeah. And a uh, big, big reason for the Lightning success. Obviously, they have a, they have a, a, a wonderful roster. 
Um, but it starts with him too. And that, and we, we see it across NHL and college hockey. If you have goaltending, you're, you're good to go. So, um, I was, I was, wouldn't say happy to see when the wild played them the other night that we didn't have to face in. Uh, I, I, I hope that's okay to say, um, but knowing how talented that team is, but he's, he's fun to watch for sure. Yeah. The Minnesota wild actually. Oh, oh go ahead, Alex. I was just saying just the, Minnesota, just the Minnesota wild have a date with Tampa Bay very soon here. So, yeah. I was, I was just going to say, so, you know, the McDavid point streak, uh, you know, got stopped and they, they played Arizona like a couple days later. Yeah. I think it was yesterday or the day before get four points. Like, so I, you know, it's just like, of course the machine rolls on like, yeah. <laughs> yeah how about, you know. how about uh, you know, Leon Dreisaitl though? I mean, a goal per game player, they're talking about him, but he was pretty, he's pretty much at like an 82 goal pace for the season. They asked him about it and he's like, yeah, that's probably not going to be <laughs> a thing by the end of the year. I don't know that I'm going to pot 82 this year, but I mean, it's kind of incredible to think that, you know, Im- imagine if, you know, Alex Ovechkin, we think of as kind of the pure goal scorer, the guy who usually kind of pushes 50, maybe even 60 goals on a given season if he's having a really good year. And then Leon Dreisaitl, I mean, uh, you pair him with Connor McDavid and it certainly is a successful night for him. We're going to talk a little bit more about uh, the Minnesota Wild and some NHL news as well. Um, our final quick little tidbit here in the Huskies Illustrated Weekly Roundup. Uh, it was actually Cami Granado. Uh, she's been named the second female um, named to the Hockey Hall of Fame Selection Committee. She joins an 18-member group that includes only one other woman. Uh, Granado was one of the first two women inducted into the hall, along with Angela James back in 2010. Um, and she captained team USA to gold in the 1998 Olympics um, and was the all time leading scorer in women's international hockey at the time of her retirement. I remember that being a big thing. It was something like 46 goals on the international stage, the way that she was able to produce and had a very lengthy career. Uh, she's currently a pro scout uh, for the Seattle Kraken. She was also the first woman to hold that title in NHL history when the expansion franchise hired her back in 2019. Welcome in, folks. Episode number 89 here on the Huskies Warming House podcast. Caleb Peabody is up to my left and Alex Micheletti uh, above me on my right. If you're looking on the YouTubes, if you will, guys, it's a pleasure to have you in here. Uh, we're going to talk some Thanksgiving shenanigans in the extra ice session. Uh, but kind of briefly, uh, you know, uh, Caleb, let's start with you. How was your Thanksgiving? Did you uh, did you have some time off? I mean, what were you up to? Yeah, well, it's good to be with you guys. Uh, happy Thanksgiving belated. Uh, yeah, it was great. It was, it's nice to have a couple of days just to kind of relax and uh, spend it with family and obviously, you know, eat too much food. I'm surprised my, my pants still fit, which is good. Uh, that's a blessing. Uh, but no, it's, it's been good just to decompress. And obviously there's a lot of fun hockey things going on. So just not to have, uh, you know, work and other things to do just to kind of sit back, relax, take it in with friends and family. And yeah, it's, it's good. I can't believe this year's kind of coming to an end already, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, speaking of things uh, not coming to an end, Alex Micheletti's hair isn't coming to an end anytime soon. <laughs> looking looking good in the morning, Alex. Uh, you know, it's a pleasure <laughs> to have you again here for the third week in a row. Uh, how yeah. was the How was the morning wake up? Uh, good to see you. Um, you know, still on time, relatively ish for the show this week. Uh, you know, how was your Thanksgiving? I I'm and the better question is for listeners who listened to the show last week: Did you actually get to eat food this week? Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, the holidays are always crazy because I got, uh, uh, you know, always double everything. So I'm going to my mom's side and my dad's side. So just running around and uh, yeah, enjoying all sorts of good food and 
seeing family and good laughs and uh, yeah, a lot of good football over over Thanksgiving too. So that was um, um, always a good tradition. Good laughs. You must have been uh, pulling up my senior uh, photo yes. album. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been a um, a pretty fast year. It feels like it feels like twenty twenty one is just rolling by. We're getting ready to get in the month of December, uh, boys. This is yeah. actually the last show that I'll be twenty four years old. I um, at the Huskies Warming House podcast right. hit, hitting the big two five this week. So uh, um, don't tell Nick Maxson, although um, I he wishes I think that he could be twenty five again. Um, but nonetheless, <laughs> uh, excited for what he's go- got going on don't forget folks uh, we've had a great time having alex micheletti on the show so far um nick max is going to be back in action uh, as far as we know next week um but i did want to say and we'll probably mention this again at the end of the show but alex i mean to this point um it, we've really appreciated i know not only for myself for, for nick but all the huskies warming house podcast listeners caleb i think i speak for you too uh when Absolutely. i say you know what a great job that you've done being able to fill in and i mean when we texted you i mean there was no hesitation um and you were willing to help out with us and, and pat was as well too caleb you've been good with us too jumping in as well so i'm um, very appreciative uh, of the huskies hockey world so to speak especially for a mankato guy i didn't know what we were going to get when we texted you alex but uh um, <laughs> um it, it's been a, it's been a pleasure having you so um with that being said we're going to talk mankato men's hockey in just a moment but let's start uh, with a trivia question on the men's side and then some women's hockey for st cloud state uh trivia question uh did read this week uh it was actually um uh eric chester who won a Again, this week he's on a roll uh caleb you're usually a participant sometimes in trivia you got to get back on the ball i don't know what's going on yeah. <laughs> i didn't set my alarm i've been setting an alarm on saturdays i didn't and then i kind of crowned myself the champion even though i've won like twice i took a break and now i need to get back on the ball that's my bad yeah you know it's it's kind of an interesting time where um I, I think we had somebody who said that we, um, I think it was uh, John, uh, John Lentz, if I'm not mistaken, said that we needed to change the time after we had already changed the time. And it seems like if the time's good for somebody, it's not great for others. And you know what? Noon on a Saturday, pretty easy to forget uh, yeah. that sort of thing. So I think that's, uh, you know, what makes people uh, impressive when sometimes they get the answer as quick as they can, just chilling on Twitter on a Saturday afternoon. But two-line trivia every Saturday at noon this week's question. St. Cloud State men's hockey was off this weekend. When is the last time they played on a Friday, Saturday of Thanksgiving? Uh, who was the opponent and what was the Huskies record of the weekend? I don't expect you guys to know the result of the weekend or the year, although you can take a stab at it. Uh, Caleb, if you want to take a guess to redeem yourself a little bit, who do you think they played is the better question. Uh, I'm going to guess the Gophers. Yeah. Um, year. 2004? No, it's actually actually a lot more recent. Uh, um, it's actually, like you mentioned, it was the Gophers. Thanksgiving weekend, November 27th and 28th, 2015. Uh, where they swept the Minnesota Golden Gophers three to two and seven to four on the weekend. Joey Bennett was credited with the game winner that Friday. But uh, um, like I mentioned, men's hockey back in action against UND this weekend. Women's hockey, uh, same doubleheader against Bemidji State. They traveled to RPI last weekend. They got the win. Uh, Emma Gentry continues to impress in her sophomore season. Uh, a very welcome addition for this Huskies hockey club. As we kind of look around the WCHA, Ohio State has kind of started to become the team that uh, – 
uh, you know, might contend best for a national championship in the WCHA this year. They've had a team that's really kind of uh, um, fermented, if you will, for the last couple of years in their development process, followed by Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Duluth. And they're kind of the top four that are in there. But St. Cloud and St. Thomas both tied for fifth. And then Bemidji State and Mankato uh, sit tied for seventh, respectively. Um you know, Alex, we kind of talked about this last week, uh, this St. Cloud group, you know, they didn't have the weekend they were looking for, uh, albeit it was against a very good Minnesota squad. You know, it, when you, when you had the chance a couple of years ago to watch uh, Minnesota state Mankato, you watch, you know, Mankato last weekend without a goaltender, uh, still fight the way they did against Ohio state uh, going into a weekend like RPI, who maybe isn't as much of a powerhouse, but you still get the job done and get some good production for your goal scorers. How important is it to kind of get your, your offensive players back in the groove and get a couple wins under your belt, even if it's non-conference. Yeah, it's huge. And, uh, you know, holiday weekend. And so it's a great, great time for the team to bond. And so mm-hmm. going out there in New York, so it's not, uh, it's a flight. Um, and so, yeah, it's good, you know, good team bonding and, uh, anytime that you can put up a lot of goals, it's huge. It gets, gets everybody confidence and it gets, uh, um, you know, um, everybody excited. Um, and, uh, anytime you can sweep a team, it's, it's, it's the best. And so, um, you know, it helps, helps get you back in the flow of things for, for conference time and ho- hopefully the offense can continue. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to see them, uh, you know, get, get a couple wins and, uh, yeah, they're they're fun fun team to watch too. So, um, uh, good good things happening with the women's team for sure. Yeah, and you're uh, you're hoping too with St. Cloud. Uh, they've kind of played some mm-hmm. of the big dogs, but you know they've got Bemidji State this weekend, and we talked about this. Mm-hmm. They're sitting fifth in the conference right now, uh, but two seven and one in conference play. So I think that you know that's where we talked about. You know, anytime they get Bemidji, anytime they get Mankato, anytime they get St. Thomas, they split with St. Thomas earlier. They beat Bemidji State in that exhibition game, which doesn't count in the standings. But you've got to take care of those teams. I think fifth place is a very good spot for this Huskies women's program to aim this year, and we've had a good discussion. Um, you know, Nick and I have about uh, with Steve McDonald about kind of the expectations for this team. And that's their first stepping stone is getting to the top of that, that um, the top, top and bottom half, if you will, getting to the top of that bottom half of the WCHA and then pushing your way into that four spot. Um, Duluth is kind of uh, stretching out that um, point differential. They're at 18 points and St. Cloud and St. Thomas at seven respectively. Uh, Caleb, one of the bright spots on this team, besides Emma Gentry, Yanina Newland having a fantastic senior year. Um, the finish four represented her club on the international stage. Um, Clara Himmlerova doing the same actually um, for the Czech Republic too. It's good to see her success as of late. Uh, but one player that I've been really impressed with, and we didn't know, uh, how Emma Paluzny's successor, um, so to speak, would look. Sonia Hola has looked really good. When we had, uh, you know, the goaltending carousel a couple of years ago where David Rennick was just coming into the fold, how important is it for a goaltender to get into the fold with a veteran goaltender like Emma Paluzny and really start to run with it uh, early on in her career? Yeah, I think it's super important. I know we talked about it to your point last year with the men's team, but with this women's team to build confidence and this, this whole program, is building and getting better, I think. Um, and, you know, it starts with goaltending. Um, so to see that strength in that, I think only will build confidence, not only with, with her and Nat, but with the rest of the team too, knowing that they have someone back there that they can trust. And uh, knowing that uh, we saw, like I said, with David last year, when he started to play at his best, you saw that team come alive a little bit at the right time. So hopefully the women's team can continue to build off that. I think they're, they're playing they're playing well. And to your point, hopefully they can start to stack some points and, and get into that fourth spot in the conference. 
Yeah. And it should, should kind of be a dogfight. One of the things that, uh, um, is interesting to, to talk about, uh, speaking of women's hockey, and I don't actually think that we mentioned in the show, although it was an announcement that kind of came uh, a while ago, and that's actually the format of the NCAA tournament, traditionally an 18 tournament on the women's side, uh, actually is going to move to 11 teams, which, um, is unique. Uh, let's just put it that way. Why it's not 12, why you can't sneak an extra one in there in terms of the buys. I don't know. Um, but nonetheless, uh, I think uh, Gopher fans uh, would have something to say about that last year um, and how tight that race was uh, I, in comparison to Duluth. Um, but women's hockey, you know, I think it's just great. Everyone, I think, sleeps on the women's hockey, uh, especially the national tournament. And I don't know why, because it is some of the best hockey. And uh, I think the piece that's always exciting too, guys, is, uh, you know, anytime you go to a women's hockey game, especially in the WCHA, it's easy to say, oh, there's someone who played for Team USA. You know, there's a former Olympian. There's, you know, someone who, you know, now holds a school record at so-and-so school because of what she's done or that sort of thing. Um, and you see so many players that have been, at the pinnacle of the sport, if you will, um, that, and that's not taking away from the NWHL, but I think that once you kind of make an Olympic team, I think that's, you know, you are at the epitome of representing the game of hockey for your country. So um, really happy for the um, recent success of women's hockey and the Huskies program. They've got a big test this weekend against Bemidji state. Like you mentioned three o'clock on Friday night and two o'clock on Saturday, definitely go and check them out. They could use a great crowd and then uh, stay for the men's hockey game. They're playing some team from Grand Forks. Uh, I don't know. Some, some North Dakota team. I don't know if you guys have heard of Alex, you heard of any teams in North Dakota? Uh, not really. Never heard of Yeah. Them. No, no, who knows? Uh, yeah. We, we don't, we don't talk about that much. Actually, you know, we will end up talking about them because we're going to do some college hockey roundup here um, about 20 minutes into the show. Let's talk about college hockey, uh, North Dakota, uh, as we're um, uh, kind of alluding to here. Uh, they split this weekend against the Gopher Club that uh, really um, kind of gave them a test. The Gophers have not been strong on Friday nights. They came out with a um, part of my French, a total ass kicking um, in, in the way that they played on Friday, holding UND to seven shots through the first 10 or first 30 minutes of that hockey game. Um, uh, they dropped the game on Saturday, yesterday, uh, North Dakota narrowly escaping uh, with a three to two win for the split. It's kind of prototypical, I think, of what we expected from North Dakota, Minnesota. It's been four years. Uh, since the Gophers have traveled to Ralph Engelstead Arena in Grand Forks. Last time was 2017. So good to see that rivalry uh, renewed, if you will. Um, didn't really see any Ben blood moments this this um, time around, but <laughs> nonetheless, uh, good to see them back in action. Uh, the Huskies are uh, getting ready to take on North Dakota. So maybe let's start there, um, kind of previewing the weekend before we round out college hockey. Caleb, You've seen the Huskies play North Dakota before. You know what North Dakota means when they come to the Herbrooks National Hockey Center. What do you expect in terms of the fan engagement next weekend, and what do you expect on the ice? Well, as far as fan engagement, I expect the Herbrooks National Hockey Center to be full or pretty close to capacity. Um, you know, I think this Huskies team is coming off a little bit of a rough stretch. Um, you know, they, they played well in the Omaha series, obviously dropped that second game, um, and then Kalamazoo, that was rough. Yeah. <laughs> but I think we talked about it too, you know, on Twitter a little bit, like this team seems to have that one weekend every, every year. Um, I think a lot of college hockey teams do, you know, so coming into this week against North Dakota, I think it's really, really important. Um, we're a little bit banged up like many teams are. Um, and we have a holiday break after. So really, I think it's important for the fans to come out and watch this team. Um, I think it's going to be, you know, fast physical hockey, uh, great rivalry with North Dakota. Um, they've had a very interesting season. They've, they've dealt with some injuries, uh, a little bit of up and down play. 
Um, and they've had a tough schedule too. Yeah. Uh, they went from Duluth to the Gophers to us. And so they're in a bit of a gauntlet right now. Um, you know, I expect the Huskies to do really, really well. Um, I think uh, listening to Brett Larson this week, he's really pushed the guys, even though it's a holiday week, like we got to have some good practices. Um, I think what we saw in Western, especially in that second game, we saw some guys out of the lineup, maybe a little bit banged up, maybe some messages sent to mm-hmm. a couple guys too. Um, but I think we get back on track. Um, I'm not ready to hit any panic button for this team by any means. Um, but I do think it's important. And I think this would feel really good for this team to come out and have a really great weekend going to the holiday break uh, before we kind of turn the calendar uh, to the new year. So, um, but don't take it lightly. Brad Berry's always got his teams ready to go mm-hmm. and they're, they're going to, they're going to want to beat us um, pretty easily handily and uh, Zach Crisco coming back. So uh, that should be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, Zach Driscoll, I'm glad you mentioned him, has really struggled, actually, uh, for this UND club, uh, sitting under 900 in his save percentage. And I, I don't know if that's – I don't know. I, I wouldn't say he's having a great year, but I also think that North Dakota, it's been a different year, like you mentioned, for this team. They've been a little bit banged up. They haven't been the perennial powerhouse that they've been in years past. And I think maybe that's a, a good point to talk about. St. Cloud actually tied for fourth right now with Western Michigan in terms of conference points. But how about this? Overall records. Uh, between all eight NCHC teams, the lowest number of losses for those teams, three. For um, for all the teams in the NCHC, that's actually Minnesota Duluth, who's ten and three, and Omaha, who's actually eleven and three. Um, you know, and uh, you know, you have Miami, who's three and ten. They're kind of they're kind of pulling up the rear, unfortunately. Uh, Colorado, who's two and seven. Uh, um, Omaha, like we mentioned, St. Cloud is nine and five. Uh, Western Michigan, 10 and four, Denver, eight and four and North Dakota, 10 and five overall in their records conference play 15 points for North Dakota. They sit atop the standings followed by Denver at 12 Duluth at 11 Western and St. Cloud tied at nine points apiece. Omaha at five points with um, two fewer games played Miami at three points and CC at two points with two fewer conference games played as well. Um, Alex, I'm going to start with you and then throw this one back over to Caleb because I think it's a question that needs asking. When is the last time we've looked at the NCHC and said there is not a team here that is far and away going to run away with this league? I mean, it really feels like this year the NCHC is really going to be a dogfight in the truest sense, and each team is going to kick the crap out of each other. Yeah, I mean, uh, parity is rampant through college hockey this season so far. I think that's the number one trend. Uh, yeah, it's, I think I think the national championship is uh, winner is going to be coming from this conference if it's not my Mavericks. Um, it's just uh, um, it's a you know doggy home and uh, uh, guys <laughs> guys are you know it's it's hard to score in this conference and uh, um, you're seeing a lot of a lot of high scoring, uh, you know, action flying back and forth. And, uh, um, yeah, it's a lot of adversity early for a lot of these teams. And so come uh, frozen four time in Boston, you know, I think, I think you're going to get a winner from this, from this group in this conference. And so, yeah, it's, it's fun to watch. Um, you know, it's, it's not boring hockey at all. Um, you have amazing coaches and really good rivalries and, uh, yeah, it's, it's so much fun. I'm definitely going to, try to get uh, at least a Saturday's game for, for St. Cloud, North Dakota with my dad, you know, announcing those games. So yeah, it's, it's going to be, it be a battle this, this, uh, this upcoming weekend. And, you know, I can't wait. Uh, it's, it's so much fun. 
Well, Alex, I hate to break it to you. Um, your Mavericks are not going to win the national championship. Um, I, I, I figured I'd tell you now. Um, <laughs> so, so you're, so you're prepared for that. Um, just kidding, uh, man. Kato, we're going to talk about them in a little, in a little bit too. They had an interesting weekend to say the least. Um, you know, and they are definitely a team that is in the mix to make a good deep title run um, uh, in college hockey. Caleb, we're talking about some NCHC hockey and you know, we've seen, especially in the pod, we've seen definitely that fluctuation really kind of in the, uh, it seems like in years past the two through five or two through six spot, but it always feels like there has been a top dog this year. North Dakota is not, you know, the, the team that they were in years past, although they still sit atop the NCHC kudos to them, I suppose. Um, St. Cloud, I think, was on a roll before um, Western Michigan said, hey, welcome to Kalamazoo. I know you have a crappy time here, so let's continue that trend. Mm -hmm. Um, But speaking of Western Michigan, they were swept by Denver um, the week before. And they're a team that you had picked, Caleb, the last time we had you on. And you said, yeah, this is a team that I'm really excited about. And we were like, "Ah, I don't know about that, Caleb. And you're looking like a hockey expert here. Uh, (laughs) Look at that. Yeah. So speaking of uh, hockey expertism, if you will, what's your take on the NCHC this season? And uh, I know we asked asked this question before but is there any other team besides western michigan and denver that you're starting to feel a little uneasy in the huskies hockey land as far as facing them yeah before i answer that let me be on record and say i will pull for the mavs if someone from the nchc doesn't win the national that's title. fair yeah i will pull for the Mavs because they're a sweet <laughs> hockey team so back to the, your question yeah it's a uh it's a gauntlet i know i've used that words uh, word a few times now but it's um the NCHC really, and I think I, I heard Ben Holson say this too, um, you know, Western can be a team that sneaks up on people in the national tournament. Yeah. As far as the conference itself, we know what Duluth is going to bring to the table. I, I don't think you can ever count them out. Denver, like I brought up in a previous episode, I think they're really talented. And obviously North Dakota, I don't think you can ever count them out. So I think there's legitimately five teams that in the tournament, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see any one of them make a deep run. Um, and that maybe leaves out Colorado College, you know, Miami of Ohio, sorry, and maybe Omaha. But, you know, Omaha, I can't sleep on them either. Yeah, so, 11 and 3 so far. So, I mean, it's – yeah. And, it, and the Huskies are going to have a test here, you know. I mean, they get North Dakota this weekend. Then they get the holiday break. They get Bemidji, which will be interesting, uh, kind of an in-state rival. But then they're going to see Denver, um, out in Denver, which is going to be a tough show. Uh you know, I believe in this Denver team. I think last year I I was a little tough on them. You know, they just didn't win hockey games. This year I think they're pulling it together. Um, I would say they're probably my pick, but it's real close with Western. If St. Cloud State doesn't win, win the conference, um, I just think Western continues to give this team fits and a lot of teams, <laughs> uh, a lot of talent there. So uh, it's going to be fun regardless. I think you're going to have four or five really good hockey teams. And when we get down to tournament time, um, we're going to have the debate of how many teams should get in, how many teams should not get in, put the best teams in. Uh, it's going to be fun. Um, you know, so I'm, I think this is good for St. Cloud though. I think we always talk about it, like get them prepared for that, that time, that national tournament time. Um, and whether they could really finish first or fifth <laughs> anywhere yeah. in there. And, that, and that's, and that's, a, and that's a fair assessment to say. And, you know, you kind of mentioned, you know, the tournament time, we do have the addition of the pairwise and RPI again this year. So mm-hmm. good to, 
I shouldn't say, should I say good to have that back in the fold? Good, but not good, but good. You know what I mean? Um, But speaking of knowing what I mean here, uh, North Dakota, uh, like you mentioned, December 3rd and 4th, and then the Huskies have kind of a little bit of a break again, as you had talked about uh, December 31st and January 1st, the first, the next time they're back in action, Um, a little bit of a later um, uh, or, or earlier, I should say break, if you will. Of course, we had the pod last year, so that definitely complicated things all the way up through December 20th uh, of last year. But then the year before, it was actually December, I think, 13th and 14th, where they welcomed Omaha in um, kind of at the tail end of the school year there. So it's been a while since the Huskies have had a couple weeks off right smack dab in the middle of December. Um, and maybe that's a welcome addition. Maybe it's not. Sometimes rest is good. Sometimes too much rest isn't that great. Um, but nonetheless, speaking of rest, Why don't we move over before we talk about the Big Ten quickly to the CCHA and kind of the two horse race that has been going on there? Because I want to talk about rest. Uh, You know, it's Minnesota State with 24 points. They're 12 and four in the season. And then Northern Michigan, Bemidji State, Michigan Tech, and Bowling Green kind of all in that mix between 18 and 16 points, respectively. Alex, the Mankato Mavericks held their opponents to uh, what I would believe, if I'm not mistaken, was 20 shots on goal this weekend, including only five on Saturday. They came away with a split. The roster was looking a little bit weird. For people who didn't watch the Lake Superior State weekend, like I didn't until you duly informed me, uh, what the heck happened with the Mavs this weekend? I mean, they had seven guys out on Friday, which is which is crazy with the flu, not COVID. So that's that's good. Um, but yeah, it's a little adversity this this weekend. You uh, you know, Friday night didn't have Dryden McKay. Um, he he showed Ooh. up. Uh, Showed up at the <laughs> showed up the rink, uh, couldn't even dress on Friday night, and uh, so they had to put uh, Keenan Rancier into his first college hockey game. So, um, you know, good for him for only giving up one goal. Um, and they had they had multiple five on threes, so um, good for him. But uh, yeah, crazy crazy weekend of not giving up a ton of shots, and then you, Saturday you get uh, at least get Dryden back. Um, and, uh, he gets another shutout, which is, is, uh, you know, when he's played and his 30th of his career. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's an amazing, amazing run he's on and, uh, so, so fun to watch. And, uh, you got Nathan Smith coming into his own. He, uh, uh, you know, uh, at least coming to the weekend, he led the nation in points. And so that's, uh, it's, uh, it's a fun team to watch right now. And, uh, you know, hopefully they can get everybody healthy. Um, cause they got another, another tough weekend coming up against, uh, Michigan tech. So, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's crazy. The adversity, any, any college hockey team has over the entire season and good to get some of those, uh, injuries or, you know, sickness out of the way early rather than, come terminate time like we've talked about in the past, but uh, good to get the split. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's tough to travel all the way up to St. Sue Marie out there. Um, so yeah, yeah. No, another fun weekend in CCHA action for the Mets. You know, Alex, I, uh, you know, maybe you were onto something. Uh, now everything is starting to come together. You actually texted me uh, and asked me about Keenan Rancier and what, what I thought of his goaltender. Cause he's yeah. actually, he's actually a former Minot Minotaro who um, I actually work for. And we've definitely kept tabs on him. So I, uh, did you happen to have some insider information a little bit there, Alex, and kind of the team and, and where they were trending? I did. I did. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, uh, it's, it's fun, fun to learn more about him and his, uh, his journey. And uh, it's never tough. It's, it's always tough being uh you know the 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 guy behind Dryden McKay um 
Jackson Sauber had a really tough time dealing with that. And he transferred and now he's doing great things in, in Providence, but good for Keenan to, you know, to stick with it and then learn from Dryden. And he can know that, uh, you know, you know, if he has a good summer, that that can be his cage, uh, you know, next season, depending on, you know, if Dryden wants, you know, cause I don't think Dryden's going to come back, but you just, you just never know. Um, you know, it's kind of like Tanner Morgan with the Gopher football team. Is it like, is he going to really come back or not? But, uh, um, you know, with, you know, with the guys getting an extra year with COVID, but, uh, um, yeah, good, good for Keenan to get, get that you know, first college game in and, uh, um, you know, keep, keep the Mavs in it. Uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's tough when you lose one, nothing and, but, uh, he did his job. And so, you know, fun to see, get a chance. Alex, I don't know if you heard, but actually Dryden McKay is actually going to transfer to St. Cloud. Um, I, <laughs> what do you know? Yeah. <laughs> Paul, 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 Zach Driscoll. Yeah. yeah. Um, go to a, go to a rival. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to, Zach Driscoll is going to have an interesting weekend uh, this upcoming weekend. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of upcoming weekends, uh, we have some big 10 hockey to talk about in some Minnesota while we are approaching about 36 minutes. So I do want to touch on the big 10 very briefly. It's kind of been a two horse race. Uh, in the Big Ten as of late, uh, Michigan and Minnesota have kind of been the the two uh, running horses, the thoroughbreds, if you will. And then Ohio State and Notre Dame are kind of in their own uh, middle of the middle of the pack, uh, pulling up three and four respectively. Caleb, uh, who wins the Big Ten this year? Michigan, hands down. <laughs> hands down. Uh, okay. I mean, hands down. I mean, I think how about, the goal how, how, how about the, how about this weekend? How about we start there? <laughs> uh, Michigan. Uh, we'll, we'll go with Michigan again. I, they're I just so think, good. Yeah. Yeah. They're so good. And, and, you know, the Gophers are starting to play better. I just think inconsistency with them and we could, we could go on a long tangent about that. We won't, but um, it's been interesting. I've watched a lot more big 10 hockey this year. Um, you know, Penn State's had their moments when they beat North Dakota. It was like, Oh, wow. What's going on here. And then, you know, the next weekend, you know, not so successful. Um, but Michigan, I just think is top tier. I think that talent just far and away, um, as long as they like stay together and, and play good, consistent hockey, I, I don't see them not winning the big time. Yeah. Um, you know, and this Gophers club, you know, like, uh, we kind of talked about, they kind of had their first solid weekend. It really felt like where they were kind of on the ball for the majority <laughs> of the weekend. I mean, it wasn't a complete weekend for them, but uh, you know, this Gophers club, I, uh, you know, they had a young group a couple of years ago. We expected them to develop. <laughs> We kind of expected a little bit more of a coming out party for Bob Motzko's club. Not to say it hasn't happened. And with the success of Michigan, I think that dampens that a little bit. But it's odd for me to think about that the Minnesota Golden Gophers could actually be a dark horse team in the NCAA tournament. I don't know how that's possible, but in 2021-2022, it's actually could potentially be a reality depending on how how well Michigan does this year. I think all eyes definitely are on Minnesota, but I think that people have kind of seen their up and down start and maybe kind of written them off a little bit. And they're a team that, uh, you know, similar to the Huskies, they find a way to right the ship at the right time. And it's going to be a deep round for them as well, too. Uh, one more team I want to point out, kind of an interesting week for them. How about Long Island earning the split against Miami this last weekend? Uh, their program, 4-8-3 and three on the season. Good to see them kind of... Uh, kind of start to to bounce into the college hockey world in their um, second full season, if you will. Uh, the only other NCHC team they played is Omaha, where they were swept pretty handily by a 13 to one margin over both nights. But uh, I love seeing programs that uh, can find a way to win and, you know, find a way to make their stamp Arizona state knocking off a Bemidji state the other night. So the college hockey world definitely tune in. It's been a, 
it's been a wacky, wacky world in terms of the extra, I don't want to say upsets, but just the unpredictability of what the schedule has brought us. But speaking of predictable, unpredictable things, National Hockey League world, let's talk about the Minnesota Wild very quickly here. I, I, a seven to one trouncing, if you will, of uh, the Winnipeg Jets the other night. Uh, tough to see Matt Zuccarello and kind of see hopefully he's all right way as far as injury is concerned. Going back, a good win against the New Jersey Devils. And then uh, to cap off that Sunday before or after our last show when we had Alex on that shootout loss, Kirill Kaprizov hitting the crossbar. They've got Tampa Bay tonight on Sunday, Arizona Tuesday, the Devils on Thursday, and Toronto on Saturday. And those are all home games. So a pretty good home stretch uh, for this Minnesota Wild club alex what have you liked from the minnesota wild do you think they'll be able to replicate the success they've had against winnipeg and why does this formula for this minnesota club that yeah they've got some exciting young pieces but i wouldn't peg them as a powerhouse similar to what tampa bay has been in the past couple years why is it suddenly clicking on all cylinders for the most part for this minnesota wild club even with the absence of potentially matt zuccarello and right now jared spurgeon yeah, we, you know, we continue to talk about it, the depth scoring. It's it's absolutely incredible. Um, you got Ryan Hartman leading the team in goals, and he's only making $1.7 million. So, I mean, it's, it's a, you know, uh, he deserves the cash in when, when, when his next uh, deal is up. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's so much fun to watch. You, you're seeing guys like Nico Sturm, uh, you know, you know, get on the score sheet and Brandon Duhame. And, uh, yeah, you got, you don't, it's a team you don't have to worry about you know, putting your fourth line out there, um, like, you know, against, against top guys, cause you know, they can handle it. And, uh, um, Kim Talbot's, uh, really providing uh, great goaltending, um, you know, hanging in there when they're giving up a ton of shots like they did against, uh, uh, the devils. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a fun team to watch. They're not the Minnesota mild of the past that they get accused of. And so, um, it's, uh, it's, it's fun to see Kirill have the game like he did against, uh, Winnipeg. And, uh, uh, like we've talked about, uh, the chemistry with, uh, with Matt Siccarello and now that they put Matt, uh, Ryan Hartman together on that top line, it's, it's so much fun to watch. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, get, uh, JT Miller in there in the mix in a yeah. couple weeks or so, uh, with the craziness going on in Vancouver. Yeah, uh, we're going to touch on that in just a second. But like you mentioned, the Minnesota Wild looking good as of late. Kayla Peabody, Alex Micheletti, and myself all wearing quarter zips today. So we're all looking great as well, yes. too. Um, Caleb, I, I want to kind of ask your opinion, too. The Minnesota Wild, I, you know, they've got a stretch, like you mentioned, Tampa Bay, Arizona, the Devils again, and Toronto. Not an easy stretch by any means. And I you know, definitely can't sleep on Arizona, even though they've had a poor record to start the season. I mean, did you ever think right now that the Minnesota wild would be atop the central um, and having this much success and the, and furthermore having this much success where Kirill Kaprizov is basically a point per game player. And we hardly talk about him. It feels like. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I predicted this at the beginning of the season. I thought they'd be competitive, not the top of the standings per se. I think there was some, some questions, but this team, they have a tough stretch in front of them, as you just mentioned, but luckily enough for us, we're all at the XL Energy Center. And this team seems to come alive offensively at home, which is great. Um, they're, they're feeding off, you know, fans in the building again. And it's coming from, as Alex mentioned, the depth has been awesome to see. And we haven't heard a lot from Kevin Fiala. Uh, you know, we haven't heard a ton. Yeah. Uh, as far as the score sheet goes, uh, you know, I know there'll be some talk whether he makes it throughout the season or if he gets traded or what his future looks like with this team. But you know, they're a fun team to watch because you never know on a given night. I, I think Ryan Hartman is one of the, the coolest stories 
of this year too, not just because of what his minimal contract of what he's making, but uh, the guy's never scored <laughs> that many goals to this point in one season. And he's, you know, been our leading scorer. And I think Kirill's coming, coming alive. I think we talked about this beginning of the season, I think on Twitter, Noah, like we weren't necessarily concerned when he wasn't scoring goals, knowing that if he gets one, the floodgates are probably going to open from a point standpoint. And uh, it's, they've been a fun team to watch every night. And this should be a fun week too, since they're getting some really tough opponents, how they match up. Even when they were down in Florida, uh, they played Tampa pretty well, Florida pretty well. And Florida's obviously, I mean, I don't know if they'll ever lose a game at home or if they've lost at home yet. Um, I don't have that right in front of me, but you know, that uh, it's, it's good to see, you know, last year with, we played only, you know, certain teams based on, on COVID and the restructuring of, of divisions and people kind of uh, got after us a little bit saying, well, they're not playing the top talent necessarily in, in the NHL. And now we're seeing it. They're, they're, they're right there. So hopefully we can build on this. Uh, hopefully maybe JT Miller, huh? Maybe. Can, can, can we make this happen? Uh, that would be really, that would be really great. You know, um, you know, I get excited about those types of rumors. I'm sure a guy like Michael Russo will, will tell us when we need to know. Uh, but, um, you know, well, yeah, no, they're from well, well, why don't we, why don't we jump into those rumors? So to speak, if you will, I did want to point out, um, cause I was, I was kind of trying to jog my memory. I think Alex was too. Um, Ryan Hartman, remember he was a first round draft pick. Uh, he did have that pretty, pretty good breakout season in, in Chicago. And I was trying to pull that up. Um, he had a 10 goal season in Nashville in 2018, 19. Of course he has 11 goals this year. He actually had 19 goals, 31 points in 76 games. His, rookie year his true rookie year if you will in 2016-17 for Chicago so and after that he's kind of been a journeyman NHLer so I think the resurgence like you had mentioned about him producing you know 11 goals through you know whatever it's been uh, 20 games so far for him uh, has been fantastic but before we go to our extra ice session Alex Micheletti you're sitting you're talking to Jim Benning who's running an absolute dumpster fire uh, over there in, yeah. in, in Vancouver this year it's tough to see um, you know the pieces are starting to fall off the jigsaw puzzle and people are trying to scoop them up the trade packages the two that i've heard that have been rumored so far is uh jt miller for kevin fiala and a second or jt miller for kevin fiala and jordan greenway out of those two packages if any which one do you like more and if you don't like the two of them what's your counter offer yeah i like that second one i mean i don't think uh i don't think jordan greenway has done much this season and uh um, you know, he hasn't done much with his top six minutes. Um, you know, you gotta be producing if you're in that, that type of role. And so, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing him, him get traded too. I mean, uh, and you got all these young guys that are really wanting to be in the NHL. And I think that can produce better than what he's doing out there. And Adam Beckman or Matt Boldy, I definitely would take it either of those two over Jordan Greenway right now. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, uh, the, the thing with Vancouver is um, I think their defense is a complete disaster right now. And so I think what the holdup is, I think they want, you know, a, you know, defenseman back. Um, so I think that's why you haven't seen JT Miller, you know, traded yet. Uh, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure the wild would love to give them Kevin Fiala too, because I don't think, I don't think they're going to be able to afford Kevin. Um, and so um, I think he's gone regardless. Um, you know, if he doesn't go for JT Miller, um, it's just uh, with the cap uh, crunch with the suitor and that freezy buyouts, you're going to have to move on from Kevin somehow. And so 
uh, be nice, really nice to get JT Miller in, put, uh, put JT Miller in between uh, Kirill and, and Zuccarello. That would be such a fun, fun top line to watch. Uh, Ryan Hartman's doing a great job doing that right now, but um, just imagine if you could move Ryan down and have a JT Miller right there and uh, really help out the power play too, because JT is just a force uh, on special teams. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you put him with Kaprizov. I don't know, I don't know how good that duo would be together. I mean, they might only put 80 points <laughs> up in 10, 10 games. I mean, we'll see. Um, <laughs> but Caleb, kind of, kind of a similar question. I, uh, you know, I'll definitely throw my two cents in there. But uh, you know, do you like either of those trade packages? Um, you know, do, do you think Jordan Greenway is on his way out too? Do you, are you more comfortable with the draft pick, or uh, I mean, are you are you trading Jared Spurgeon? I mean, what are you thinking here, Caleb? No. <laughs> no, we're not trading Jared Spurgeon. Uh, I like both packages, to be honest. I, I, I agree with Alex. I'd take the Jordan Greenway package first. I, I think, uh, not to sound mean, but I think his time might be up with the young guys, you know, <laughs> in the system coming up. And, you know, I don't think Kevin Fiala and Dean maybe see eye to eye. I'm not in that locker room, but it seems like they're not uh, really on the same page. And so I do think Kevin gets dealt. So, you know, I, I, his potential is so great, but to Alex's point, I don't think we're going to afford him after this year regardless. So if we package him and send him for JT Miller, whatever else we have to throw in that package, if, you know, we got to send some vowels, you know, whatever we got to get done, Noah, we, you know, we'll send it out there. And um, that, I think that could be really exciting. I think um, and it sounds like JT Miller, obviously is not super happy in Vancouver, um, I had heard some rumblings too. Uh, someone up there that we may know, Brock Besser, as well. Yeah. Uh, see what what he ends up if he ends up staying. But um, you know, it's it's exciting. I think um, to see what the Wild will do, and it, it's great to see that the system. You know, we have some young guys that are potentially very close to to being ready to come up. Um, I've been a big fan of Jordan Greenway for a while, but to Alex's point as well, like haven't seen much this year, <laughs> which is disappointing. Um, yeah. So. You know, it's interesting with JT Miller. Of course, he's having he's having a great year for Vancouver. One of the few bright spots in that roster. You know, 19 points in 21 games, and I obviously definitely well worth a look. 5.25 million uh, for his cap hit. He's also expiring this year, as well as Kevin Fiala. So that also begs the question of, you know, do you see him as a long term piece? Uh, in addition to that, as well, too. Um, you know, a couple things. First of all, I, I think Kevin Fiala. Um, I actually think he's a guy he hasn't produced quite a bit. And like Alex had mentioned, it kind of goes more back to the piece of, do you believe that he's going to stay? Obviously if you, if you know a guy's not going to stay, he, he's probably a piece that's on the way out unless he's a core piece in terms of a Stanley cup contention. Um, I really like the way Kevin Fiala has played this year. Actually. Um, he just, he can't buy a bounce <laughs> to save his life in terms of puck luck. The other piece of this too, um, you know, with Jordan Greenway, the question is too. Jordan Greenway, he's never really been a fourth line guy. How weird is that to say? We really haven't seen him below a top nine role. And you got to wonder, um, you know, we've seen him sporadically, but you got to wonder, is he a guy that maybe starts to thrive if he starts to play fourth line minutes? I mean, is he a guy that, you know, when you bring Matt Boldy up uh, throughout the years, when you bring Marco Rossi up, you know, if you have a guy like JT Miller who can slot in there, you know, is Jordan Greenway better served being kept 
and being a fourth line guy simply because of the physicality that he brings, then you're not worried about the production so much, but you heard Dean Evison talk about the one thing they want from Jordan Greenway. And when he's on, he's playing like a beast. He's a guy that no one wants to handle in the corner. And if you're a fourth line guy, where really what's your goal is to stay positive in the plus minus column and bring a little bit of energy. That's exactly what he can do. I mean, he seems like a prototypical fourth line guy, which is sad to say, because we, I think we expected more from him, but it's also, you know, his cap, it isn't monumental by any means. Um, I think Minnesota wild fans are just sick of him. Uh, you know, just because we expected him to be this budding blossoming. I don't want to say star, but a guy that was going to be a middle six guy that was going to, you know, be capable of putting up 20 to 30 points in a season. And it just hasn't, hasn't turned out that way. Um, so I'm actually more inclined, actually Kevin Fiala and a draft pick, because I think that the pipeline looks good for Minnesota right now. And as much as I know that fans don't like Jordan Greenway, I still think comparatively to a guy like maybe Rem Pitlick, who I think Rem Pitlick has been a lot, I don't want to say a lot better, but better than people have given him credit for. I still think Jordan Greenway still has a place on this roster. I just don't think it's a top nine role. I think you give him a look uh, in in that uh, fourth line, if you will. So that's, that's my only caveat, but at the same time, if Jordan Greenway is part of the deal for one of the best centers in the National Hockey League, even on a very poor Vancouver team, I'm not mad. I'm definitely not mad. So um, with that being said, it, it should be interesting to see what the Minnesota wild do. Um, you know, and I, I, it, it stinks because Kevin Fiala two years ago was kind of the only knight in shining armor that this Minnesota wild club had. when we went into the bubble and the pod playoffs or whatever you want to talk about against Vancouver. And he was kind of this budding, I don't want to say star in the making, but you know, he was definitely the guy that carried the mail. Uh, on a Minnesota team that was very uh, not so fun to watch. Um, And it's kind of been tough to see that come full circle because he is a game-breaking talent when he is able to pick his way through the zone and able to do those things. But like you mentioned, it's been few and far between. He hasn't produced. Maybe he's at odds with management or, you know, being on a one-year contract, whatever it is. But uh, yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, And of course, we're going to cover it all at the Huskies Warming House podcast. Guys, I think it's time to head on to some extra ice. uh, And we're going to talk a little bit about some Thanksgiving uh, trends going on uh, in your guys' world. Extra ice session, guys. Caleb Peabody up to my left. Alex Micheletti to my right. If you're watching the YouTube channel, I'm Noah Grant, of course, hosting the show today. Co-hosting, I should say. Technically, Alex is a co-host, although he just feels like a total badass. That's kind of what I've labeled him <laughs> over the past three weeks. Alex, uh, you know, we have 15 to 20 minutes left in our journey together in your uh, Huskies Warming House co-hosting career. Unless Nick flies to Europe, we're still, jury's still out on that, <laughs> for sure. Um, but excited to have him back in the fold as well. And I've heard some great things from Nick related to you, Alex, and kind of what you brought to the table. So I'm um, excited to have you here for the extra ice session. Speaking of some extra ice, uh, it's Thanksgiving weekend, guys. Interestingly enough, uh, historically, the National Hockey League, uh, the the best um, night for home teams in the National Hockey League actually came back in 2018, where 13 of 15 home teams won their games the day after Thanksgiving. It was the first time in NHL history that that many home teams won on the same day. The previous record was 12 um, back in 2016. So kind of an interesting little tidbit. Um, Thanksgiving historically in the National Hockey League has kind of been the marker that tells everyone who's probably going to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's kind of, that's kind of the, the, the running joke, if you will, um, for the last decade or so, the trend has held that more than 75% of the teams sitting at the postseason table on that notable Thursday of Thanksgiving are going to make the postseason. from 2013 up until 2019, which was the last time we had a full calendar year, so to speak. 
Uh, 74 of 96 teams in a playoff spot at Thanksgiving wound up in a qualifying playoff spot uh, for the National Hockey League by season's end, starting the playoffs in April. So um, three fast Thanksgiving facts for you guys. Uh, Let's see if you guys knew this. Black Friday, did you guys know? It was actually invented to stop people from shopping over Thanksgiving weekend. Did you guys know that? I had no idea. No, I had no idea. The term Black Friday first used in 1966 by the Philadelphia Police Department. They were trying to discourage people from shopping that day in order to cut down on traffic for the Army-Navy football game the following Saturday. And look where we are now. Interesting. Second fast fact for you guys. Uh, Alex's favorite Christmas song of all time. I don't even know if it is or not. uh, Jingle Bells. Originally a Thanksgiving song. Wow. Yeah, there you go, Caleb. Uh, written, it was actually originally titled One Horse Open Sleigh, written in 1857, and it actually is talking about the Thanksgiving holiday season. Um, and final one, this one's for Caleb here, because I think he lives alone, right, Caleb? You live alone? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, trying to figure out his Thanksgiving plans. There actually is, if you call 1-800-BUTTERBALL, there actually is a turkey hotline for those who are trying to go through the stressful endeavor of cooking a turkey for the first time and they don't know how. So Caleb, that's what I need because I don't know how. 1-800-BUTTERBALL. They've been in service for more than 30. (laughs) They've been in service for more than 35 years and they have a social media app and a Zoom stream. So kind of interesting guys. Yeah, I don't know. See, Alex, Alex was all right. He was nice enough to Pat that he was able to get fed. So he didn't have to worry about the turkey plans. But uh, <laughs> yeah. but uh, so 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 speaking about this here, guys, I want to get your opinion here uh, before we talk about some Thanksgiving questions. Uh, kind of a quick story about the New Jersey Devils. They unveiled their new alternate jersey, their first one in franchise history. Uh, as many people have noted, all it says is Jersey on the front. Uh, and the Devils kind of ran with this uh, and, and the humor on social media and actually started hel- selling hat hats hats that just say hat and of course they tweeted it in a tweet that just said tweet um so i think a lot of teams have had fun uh alex what did you think of the new jersey 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 um and do you give uh the devil's kudos for running with the humor of their own jersey and selling hat hats (laughs) i didn't really like it i don't know what martin Brodeur was thinking why did they pick martin Broder to do their jersey uh, design, but uh, yeah, good good for them for like playing into it on social media. I guess uh, I do kind of like those campaigns, but uh, the jersey itself, I, I was like, oh man, uh, and that was after uh, or and then then the U.S. Olympic jersey came out too, and that was oh boy, I, I you know, some of these jersey <laughs> dev- designs have been a mess, but yeah. Uh, yeah, good for them for at least making making fun too. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I think that, you know, we had some uproar about the Minnesota Wild who are getting ready for their winter classic in about a month, uh, you know, as well. And their kind of jerseys. Some people like them, some people don't, you know, and I think that, you know, jersey design, I think everyone's looking for the next revolutionary thing. But, you know, sometimes, you know, I don't want to say the old ways are the best ways because it's nice to have some different flair, but it's also like, you know, there's, there's certain colors that go together and certain colors that don't. And it's kind of important to put those together i don't know if people knew that um but uh you know and kind of keep uh, keep the jersey striping i i found historically that 
the less busy the jersey, usually the better it looks in the end. You know, 100%. There's, there, there's been there's been a couple, I think, that have gotten away with it um, and a couple that have been throwback jerseys that I know a lot of people don't like the Chicago Blackhawks alternate that comes from like 1943, 44, the black ones. But I mean, they did wear that, so I have no problem with those. But there are some that, um, you know, remember like the New York Islanders gray third jersey a couple of years ago. I mean, things like that where it's like, don't try so hard, man. You got a color palette, just 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 chill. You know what I mean? Caleb, what'd you think about the Jersey Jersey? And are you going to be a connoisseur of the hat hat? No, neither one. Uh, didn't <laughs> love them. I mean, good for them for, for making the attempt. Uh, maybe they'll grow on me when I see them, you know, in action, but no, I wasn't a huge fan. The social media campaign is funny. Like, I think that's, that's really cool that the team can roll with it and maybe have a little bit of humor at their own expense um and maybe make a little bit of a profit by selling other items that just list what they are <laughs> um but when i saw them on social to alex's point too i saw the olympic jerseys i'm like oh man this is tough like what what are we doing like, we, uh, it's a tough time but no to, to your point no i like utilize the color palette utilize uh you know what folks generally like and um i think it's i think it's a safe call so you know, and I think if you're going to do something different, I've always thought that, uh, you know, the St. Paul Saints would be a great addition to a Minnesota Wild kind of alternate jersey, if you will, and kind of paying homage to that, too. I know that there's some branding rights and things that go along with that. Um, but, you know, I think the Minnesota Wild are, are a great example of one of the most difficult color palettes to work on the the, the Christmas colors uh, with a little bit of, you know, cream thrown in there, too. Um, it's a. Uh, it, it's a challenge. I understand some teams have it easier than others, so to speak with namesakes and stuff like that. But uh, you know, it just, I think it's good to pilot jerseys before you send them out to the general public. Maybe that's a, you know, it, it I think that's what it goes back to. You mentioned Martin Brodeur, Alex, sometimes it's kind of crazy. Some of these things, they get through the room, they get through the, you know, a, a boardroom of people that say, yeah, this is great. This will work. And no one thought, Hey, maybe we shouldn't name a Jersey what it is. Um, but, but nonetheless, continuing on with our show show, um, we're going to talk about some Thanksgiving items here, guys. I, uh, you know, first of all, I, well, I'm going to kind of bounce back and forth. I got five quick questions for you guys, Caleb, we're going to start with you every time. Then we're going to go to Alex. I, uh, um, first of all, um, we're going to talk about some food items. Caleb, are you a Turkey or a ham guy? Uh, oh boy, both. That's not, <laughs> that's not a good answer, but I like a little both. Um, you know, a really good ham. It's hard to beat, though. Let's just let's if I right. have to pick one. Let's go ham. Fair, fair. Alex, uh, what do you got? Turkey or ham? I'm I'm with Caleb to ham. I I love ham. I could keep I could eat yeah, ham at any type of season or type of option. So I'm with Caleb. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat with you guys. We had ham for Thanksgiving. Uh, here's a follow up question to that it's actually not one of the questions, but uh, I'm a big fan of the fat that comes on ham. Are you guys? fans of the fat on ham or you don't like the fat. I know some people like all my steaks. I like eating the fat. I know a lot of people don't. So, um, Caleb, you, you kind of look indecisive here. You don't look too happy about that. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much good with whatever. I'm not picky. Um, so I'm, I'm good with that. Alex, uh, what's the verdict on fat? Not my fat, the ham fat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm with you guys too. I'm in agreement. Uh, um, okay. I love it. I love it all when it comes to hands. All right. All right. I, well, let's move on to the sides a little bit. Shall we Caleb mashed potatoes or sweet potatoes? Oh, it's gotta be mashed. I'm okay. king of mashed potatoes. I need like 20 pounds of mashed potatoes every Thanksgiving. 
Well, I felt really? like I felt like a mashed potato on the ice yesterday after I ate at Thanksgiving. Right. It was not great. Uh, Alex, mash or sweet potatoes? God, I, I hate I hate always agreeing, but uh, mashed potatoes too. I, I love I absolutely mm-hmm. love mashed potatoes and and putting gravy on there. It's just uh, you know chef's kiss, as they say. Well, um, yeah. you you hate agreeing. Well, I hate agreeing with you guys too. Uh, I actually disagree with you guys. I'm a sweet potato guy. I'm a sweet mm. potato guy. Um, I also I also really like acorn squash with brown sugar. Um, yeah. But uh, the sweet potatoes. It depends on how you make it. One of the best sweet potatoes I've ever had is you, know, you make the sweet potato layer on the bottom. I love sweet potato fries too, by the way. But that's a that's a side tangent. Um, but you make the sweet potatoes and then you put uh, essentially uh, marshmallows on top and then brown sugar and it all kind of caramelizes on top. I really like that. I'm a big sweet potato fan. I know a lot of people, when I say sweet potatoes, they, they run for the, the bathroom. Um, but I'm a, big, <laughs> I'm a big sweet potato guy. But nonetheless, you know what? If you give me mashed potatoes, like Caleb said, I could still eat 20 pounds of them and I definitely wouldn't complain. Uh, let's move on to desserts, shall we? Uh, kind of the two traditional ones. I know people like have to have some variants, but really the two common ones. Uh, Caleb, apple pie, pumpkin pie, or neither? Oh, it's pumpkin. My grandma's pumpkin pie is the best thing in the world. It's got to be pumpkin. I thought our show was the best thing in the world, but Caleb, we'll talk after. Um, Yeah, I mean, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Alex, uh, same question. Apple pie, pumpkin pie, or, you know, you got something off the table here. Yeah, I love apple pie. Um, You know, have a little ice cream with it, too. It's it's good, good stuff. Yeah, love it. Yeah, I'm going to go with Alex on this one. I love pumpkin pie as well, too. I think I like pumpkin pie more as when I was a kid, but it's got to, regardless of what you make, it's got to be homemade, I think. You know, you, you can't, you know, it's, it, I think that's kind of one of the separators. Um, the apple pie that has ran in our family, uh, my grandpa, who is 92 years old, lives alone in a three-story house in Alexandria, still makes his own apple pie recipe and has handed, has handed it down awesome. to my dad who now is able to make it. And um, he has that and a Danish pancake recipe that are definitely uh, top of the list, if you will. Uh, question number four for you guys, Caleb, uh, starting with you again, Thanksgiving or Christmas, which is better? Oh boy. Um, sheesh. That's a tough question. I, I'll go Christmas. I think there's just a special feel around mm-hmm. Christmas. Um you know, Thanksgiving, I love just because there's hockey and food and football and all those things. And I love the fall weather, um, although that can sometimes be winter here. Um, but I'll go Christmas. All right. Fair, fair. Alex, um, I'm curious to see what you say on this one. You got to remember, you were able to at least eat this Thanksgiving. The jury's still out on if you get to go home and eat for <laughs> Christmas. So yeah, uh, well. care, careful when you answer, but what do you got? Yeah, Christmas is always big in, with, with my family and my sister was born on Christmas Eve, so we always always have family around uh, then too. So yeah, I'm I'm a big Christmas guy for sure, and and you know getting a chance to, to open gifts and yeah, it's yeah the best time of the year for sure. Yeah, I really like Christmas. In fact, I mean a lot of be a lot of things to be thankful for on Christmas for sure. But I really like yeah. the run up to Christmas. I like the start of December, kind of moving into Christmas, where it feels like you're still on the front end of the holiday, but you know you're pushing towards that break, so to speak. Um, especially for a lot of college students as well. Uh, last question mm-hmm. for you guys in terms of the the, the quick five here, uh, Caleb. If you never had to try a certain food, Thanksgiving food ever again, what would that food item be? Is there a certain food item that you've had that you're like, oh. I don't, I don't want that on my table ever. Yeah. It's the, it's the cranberries. Get the cranberries okay. out of here. You don't need any of that. Now <laughs> what's bad is like you listed all these items before. I probably had all of them. So not picky, but the cranberries I generally stick, stick away from. I don't know why. 
It's yeah. just, it's not that I dislike them. I just, there's too many other good things. When I can eat mashed potatoes, why am I going to eat cranberries? <laughs> yeah, put, put cranberries in a mashed potato. See what happens, Caleb. Um, mm. um, Alex, same question. Is there a Thanksgiving food that uh, you had it once you'll never have? Or when you see it on the table, you're like, yeah, I'm going to go with everything else but that. I'm not a huge stuffing guy, so it's, okay. uh, it's just one of those that not not a fan of. But yeah, it's it's okay. But just uh, there's a lot more uh, items I'd rather have than stuffing for sure. Yeah. So Alex, Alex, follow up question here. I uh, you know what are some? Do you have any other favorite food items that we haven't listed? And what does your traditional? What is your kind of traditional Thanksgiving dinner in your family look like? Yeah, uh, turkey, ham, uh, mashed potatoes, and, and gravy. Um, but uh, yeah, the yeah we've kind of listed everything. Uh, the big ones, uh, uh, you, can't, you can't go wrong. I love putting gravy on the turkey too. So yeah. So yeah, so so uh, so do you are, are you a big? Do you guys have an event you do every Thanksgiving? Like, do you watch the Lions every year? Like, what do you do? You have something that you do consistently every year? Yeah, always watching football. So. Um, yeah, came over and, uh, watched, uh, watched the early game with my dad and, uh, we watched, uh, um, you know, the second game too, that, you know, you know, Dallas and, uh, in, in, the in the Raiders, that was entertaining. And then we had the, the night game with uh, the bills and uh, the saints and watched, uh, Stefan Diggs have a, have a huge game. So yeah. that's, that's fun. I always still root for Stefan. So he's a good dude. So yeah, fun, fun, uh, fun to have that tradition of uh, just sitting back watching football and, uh, and yeah, yeah. Good, good, good times for sure. Yeah. Good thing. Stefan Diggs hasn't had any big catches in a Vikings uniform. Right. Um, anyway, no, no. <laughs> Never. Oh, speaking of football, how about uh, Michigan and Ohio state? That was a heck of a barn burner this weekend too. Michigan finally getting over Insane. the hump. Yeah. Uh, and, and in decisive fashion too, might I add, uh, speaking of things that are decisive, Caleb, what is the definitive answer for your Thanksgiving dinner and your Thanksgiving tradition? Yeah, well, let's give a shout out to Green Bean Casserole because that hasn't been talked about yet. That's got to get a shout so, out. So I got, I got a question, Caleb. So when we make our Green Bean Casserole, we put the crunchy onions on top. Do you leave those yeah. off or you put them on? Oh, no, you, you put them all on. You got to have all of them. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm big, you know, turkey and ham, uh, you know, but to Alex's point too, probably ham over turkey. Um, all the things we've talked about we have. And then. Um, we had pumpkin and apple pie, so I just had a little bit of both, and I felt heavy for about seven days uh, after. <laughs> um, so, but no, it's it's fun. It's fun. I mean, watching football. I mean, it just feels like kind of a fun tradition. Uh, unfortunately, we had to watch the Lions, uh, but you know, everyone else, it was good. The Raiders Cowboys game was entertaining. The Bills Saints game was entertaining, and I mean, more tied to this show. I mean, we had a pretty good college hockey matchup too with. Uh, that that weekend too, uh, um, with the rivalry with North Dakota and Minnesota, so that's always fun. Um, yeah, now we're into like holiday cookie time. So yeah, let's let's go. Okay, let's so go. so uh, this is another question. <laughs> I, have. I, I I have I have three more I have three more questions for you guys beyond this because you know how I like to ask my questions. But um, is it time to break out the Christmas music? And are you guys? Uh, it's okay to play Christmas music before Thanksgiving type of people. Um, is it Caleb? Is it all right to play Thanksgiving or Christmas music before Thanksgiving? Is it all right to play Christmas music now? We're still in November. Before Thanksgiving, no. Now, mm-hmm. probably. I mean, I, I'm probably hypocritical with it because I love when eggnog comes out. And if eggnog <laughs> can come out at like Halloween, then I suppose Christmas music can come out. 
I won't be listening to it. Uh, maybe me and Alex <laughs> jingle bells together, but other than that, no. yeah. <laughs> you know, Alex, I, I kind of kind of curious on that question too. And it's funny, the ring staff was really unhappy with a couple of the the players that were playing last night for some reason. So we actually have in the rink that we were skating at last night, we actually have you know like a little. Um, radio that you can plug in that you can play you know for the speakers usually it's for figure skating but while you're skating you can turn the radio on and skate or whatever well it's funny because the rink guys were trying to essentially mess with us and they put christmas music on when we were skating well they turned on a christmas station that has all like the bang christmas songs like um like what is it the what's the name of the oh i can't think of it the ukrainian hymn or whatever the the bells the hymn of the bells or whatever it is, you know, like they were playing some, you know, like hard rock Christmas songs thinking that we were going to be upset. And we, we were all singing as we were, you know, skating up and down the ice and stuff. And it totally backfired. Um, Alex, uh, Christmas music. Uh, have we hit that point yet? Or do we, do we got to wait? Or do we just keep the albums in the back pocket? Uh, we've hit that, uh, hit that point. I'm, I'm with Caleb too. I won't, won't, won't play it myself, but I'm, I'm cool with it uh, being on now that it's passed. Uh, uh, Thanksgiving and uh, yeah, it just means that uh, we're we're close to the to the holiday season and, and New Year's and that's that's another fun fun celebration. Yeah. So yeah, we're I think we're all ready for 2022. So, yeah, bring on the music. I definitely agree. You know that um, this might shock you guys. We had a traditional Thanksgiving dinner. We usually do, but I I'm in a family of three, and if I wasn't weird enough, if you guys couldn't tell yet. There are some uh, holidays that we have had where we have had like breakfast food. We've had like biscuits and gravy or like waffles and eggs for like Thanksgiving dinner. And I tell people that and you think that I told them that I shot the Pope or something. I mean, (laughs) you know, the way that they take the tradition so seriously. But I don't know. Really what Thanksgiving is all about. It's all about being around family. And that's kind of what my last couple of questions are centered for. Um, Before I ask what you guys are thankful for, I got to know, Caleb, in your family, at least. What's one thing you should absolutely not discuss during, during Thanksgiving dinner? Is there one particular topic or item without obviously giving away trade secrets? Uh, is there something that you definitely try to steer clear of? You know, I think we just kind of talk about things that we, we all like. I mean, I don't think there's anything that's big that we stay away from. Um, I mean, I guess for everyone, it's probably politics, um, <laughs> but, but, you know, uh, I, I think it's it's one of those things where I think we just kind of focus on each other and, and being back together, especially after the last year and a half. Um, you know, this year, it's just like talk about anything. And and a lot of actually, I was with my, my grandma this year and we just talked about the food because it's like we had such a feast this year. Um, and, you know, uh, so I, I don't think there's really a topic that's off limits, but there's definitely things I just don't bring up. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't talk about North Dakota hockey and the Peabody House. Let's just put it that way. That's um, true. Yeah, don't talk about that. On on Alex's side, um, besides Alex's hair, Alex, is there anything else that's off topic? <laughs> is is there is there uh you know not talking about St. Cloud, Minnesota Golden Gophers? Is there anything on the table that uh, definitely shouldn't uh, shouldn't make it there? If you if if you would say. Well, like, like Caleb said, the obvious is politics, but yeah. uh, I'm with Caleb too. Uh, just being with family, it was, it was awesome after what everybody's dealt with. And, and a lot of the, a lot of the holidays, not having everybody all around together. Mm-hmm. So that is, uh, it is nice, nice to, nice to be with family and, uh, yeah, just talk about food and, uh, just life and how, how jobs are going and everything. So yeah, it's just, uh, 
just fun, fun to have everybody around for sure. Second to last question for you guys, Alex, I'm going to stick with you here. You kind of alluded to some things you're thankful for. Uh, you know, how, how has your daily life, so to speak, been, by the way, usually when Nick's on the show, we at least talk about kind of what his daily life has been. I mean, how has your life been like generally, and what are you thankful for this week? Yeah, I'm thankful that I never, never had to worry about everything. And so, yeah, it's been crazy. I, I go into the office and I'm on, I'm the only one on my team that's in the office right now. Um, so that's, that's been weird, but it's nice to get back into a routine and, uh, um, you know, love, love my drive into work and getting to listen to, to talk radio and all the Cape and guys that, you know, um, you know, that it's been, been a part of my life forever with my dad being on that, on that station a lot. So, uh, it's fun, fun to get a Starting the day, and uh, yeah, just thankful that uh, that everybody's healthy. My, you know, my dad went through COVID, and so it's I'm glad he's um, um, out of that. And uh, yeah, just thankful that uh, at my job and every everybody's good in my family, and uh, about to be an uncle too, which is crazy. My uh, my sister's about uh, about to have her first uh, first kid in a couple weeks. So um, yeah, it's a fun fun exciting times for sure. Well, take it from me, Alex, you can't go wrong with a December birthday, baby. Let me just tell it. Let me just tell you that. Uh, Caleb, kind of, kind of a similar question. You know, what have you been thankful for this week? You know, what have you been, uh, you know, what have you been up to? How has your life been going too as well? So, yeah, no, kind of echoing Alex's point too. uh, just been a time of reflection this week, super thankful for family and friends and um, you know, my, my, my job and, and I love the work that I do every day. So that's been such a blessing and, um, you know, just thankful for, uh, just every, all the good things, health and, uh, wellness and, and all, all that. So this week is really cool to take some moment and just kind of take it all in. I think we get really busy and sometimes forget those things, but just getting time to take a step back and spend with family, uh, thankful for the Huskies Warm House podcast, thankful for college hockey, um, you know, and, and many other uh, podcasts as well. Uh, we got a really strong hockey community here, so it's fun to chat and, um, yeah, it's fun. I had some time to give back in community a little bit and do some toy drives and, you know, turkey giveaways and all those things. So that's always fun. Right. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, uh, just super thankful person overall. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a fun week. I'm just thankful you continue to use all caps on Twitter. I think that's what's important. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, you know, the all caps thing. Yeah, it's it's fun. And some people misunderstand it. Yeah. And even, I do it when I text. No one knows this too. And like, stop yelling at me. I'm like, I'm not yelling. I'm excited. It's, it's brutal. So. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I'm just thankful that Mankato had a split this weekend instead of a sweep. Yeah. Um, no, <laughs> my, <laughs> my final question for you guys, because I know Alex is probably waiting on some football or something of the sort today. Um, definitely. Um, my final question, we're going to start with you, Caleb. Uh, this one's kind of an interesting one. It might jog your brain a little bit. Uh, if you could thank one person today, near or far, living or dead, for their influence on your life, who would that person be and what would you say? Yeah. Um, oh boy, that's a good question. But, but besides, um, besides Nick Maxson, he doesn't count. Yeah, I'm not thanking Nick for nothing. He stole his medals. More on a serious note, it'd probably be either one of my my grandfathers too. Uh, uh, I unfortunately lost both of them within the last year, so kind of tough. But just like uh, knowing what they meant to me and and just kind of built my foundation and just like growing up with them and 
Uh, they both lived in different parts of the state, but, you know, even fun little things, uh, the, the little moments, whether we were playing cards or just hanging out, um, you know, I think either one of them, if, if I had another opportunity to have a, a dinner with them or just five minutes with them, just being able to say thank you. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, no, it, it's a good question. Yeah, it's a deep question. You'd make me cry. Yeah. I turn my camera on. You know, it, I have kind of a thing as I was, as I was driving back too, and Alex, I kind of want to get your take as well too, but I was thinking about funny enough, uh, there's actually, I, I'm a big Bruce Springsteen fan. My dad is, you know, likes Bruce Springsteen. Um, and when I was a kid, we had a particular album. It was actually when the E Street Band was live in New York in, in 2000. Um, they had an album that was out and uh, we used to listen to that on almost every road trip for hockey. So I actually ended up pulling the album out when I was driving home and thinking about, you know, my dad used to make me, uh, you know, a hockey rink every, every year down on the pond and would always drive me to all the games and we'd have all those things. And, you know, playing that album kind of made me think about, you know, a simpler time in life, if you will, and just how grateful I am to, you know, be able to, to have the opportunity to play hockey, be able to experience that with my family and, and that sort of thing. So I definitely, um, I love your answer, Caleb, because, you know, family is just so, so important. Uh, Alex, to cap off the show, same question, one person near or far living or dead for their influence on your life. Who would that person be? Yeah, it's gotta be my dad. I mean, that uh, just introduced me to being a sports fan and uh, sports have been such a huge part of my life and in hockey. And uh, I don't know what I would do without, without, uh, without sports. Uh, it's, uh, it's something I look forward to every day and uh, something that you can look forward to after work every night is there's always some type of game on and just uh, love, love the competition and uh, just, just watching watching amazing athletes uh you know at their top of their craft it's it's fun you know any 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 time any any sport really i i just just love uh love getting to watch with my dad and uh and talk about it and now with social media too it's 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 fun to fun to talk with with people all over the world it's it's amazing i have uh twitter twitter followers everywhere it's crazy australia korea i mean canada it's fun, fun to connect with, with people all around the world and, uh, uh, for the love of sport and, and, and just, and, you know, it's, it's, I love it. it, it it's so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you mentioned K fan a couple of times too, by the way, shout out to them and the support that they've given us too. They've said some very nice things to us. I wanted to throw that out too, especially during national tournament time last year, uh, Alex, if you want to see athletes mastering their craft, We'll hang out next Thanksgiving and you can see how quickly I devour some sweet potatoes. Okay. Um, yes, yeah. but, but speaking of athletes actually mastering their craft, first of all, guys, I want to say thank you so much and, you know, happy Thanksgiving and post Thanksgiving weekend to everybody staying safe and healthy, you know, doing the right things. We kind of move on to Christmas break. You know, it's good to see everybody. I mean, we have, we have the new COVID variant. That's kind of scary. That's uh, been overseas that I think it definitely has mentioned to be paid attention to. So definitely enjoy the time with family and stay safe, everyone. And from the Hussies Warming House podcast, we're thankful to have all of you here as listeners and thankful for the time that Alex and Caleb have given us. Uh, athletes mastering their craft, uh, women's hockey, 
three o'clock on Friday against Bemidji State, two o'clock on Saturday at the Herbert National Hockey Center, and men's hockey against the University of North Dakota, 7.30 p.m. Central Time uh, in St. Cloud in the Granite City, and 6 p.m. on Saturday uh, uh, to cap off the weekend for some very good hockey and probably the last hockey in a while that you're going to see both the teams get a chance to play at least through uh, the end of 2021. So definitely check that out if you're a Huskies hockey fan. The Mavericks, they're probably playing somewhere, but again, Alex, I got to be honest, who cares? Who cares? Um, <laughs> nonetheless, I, I, Alex, for, for those three Mankato fans that might be listening, I, what is the Mavs schedule coming up? Yeah, they got uh, Michigan Tech at home. So um, yeah, they they always have interesting battles with, with Tech. So um, yeah, should be another another fun weekend in the CCHA for the, for the Mavericks. So. Yeah, it should be good. As Caleb had alluded to, Minnesota, Michigan on the docket coming up here as well too, as well as a flurry of NHL action. The Minnesota Wild finishing off a five game homestand with four home games this week. Uh, for Caleb Peabody, Alex Micheletti, I'm Noah Grant, and we will see you soon here in the Den. Timer coming, they score! Ripped in! A bomb from Perrix! So Dana Rasmussen fires and she scores! Dana Rasmussen for the Huskies alongside. Dwayne Kaprizov in for a chance to win it! He scores! Cathedral is now 42.6 seconds away from wrapping up the school's first ever title.